Today's episode is brought to you by Get Your Guide. Want to make your next trip unforgettable? There's an easy way to do that. Book a Get Your Guide travel experience. No matter where your travels take you, Get Your Guide offers the best way to connect with your destination. Choose from over 100,000 travel experiences in the U.S. and around the world with Get Your Guide. Whether it's the Sherlock Holmes tour in London, the night helicopter flight over Las Vegas, or whitewater rafting in the Grand Canyon, whatever you're into, you'll find an experience you love. Discover and book your next unforgettable travel experience at GetYourGuide.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Today's episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor, featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential your dream setup amazing prices and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware.com slash deals that's alienware.com slash deals welcome to stuff to blow your mind from howstuffworks.com Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Julie Douglas. You know, milk is one of those things that we really take for granted. I mean, it's, uh, it's a certain amount of this is kind of an outrageous overstatement of the obvious, but milk is this amazing, nutritious beverage that is produced by a mammal so that a larval <laughs> mammal can uh, can grow and uh, and develop and uh, and actually have a shot at life. Yeah, and yet when you think of milk, you should probably just think about the milk campaign, Got Milk. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it in a different way, it's, it's actually in the news quite a bit in the form of breastfeeding. And I just wanted to mention that it's, it is interesting when you think about breastfeeding as becoming this politicized action, because it is natural to mammals to do this, and right. yet legislation exists so that people, humans... Uh, can actually breastfeed in public. Yeah, believe it or not, um, the, uh, the the human human breasts exist um, solely <laughs> to uh, to to nurture another creature. Uh, despite all the other things you see breasts doing um, in our media and in our art and in our uh, world at large, I mean, this is the one thing that they're here for, and it's the the one thing that some people get uptight about and say, "Oh, that needs to be that needs to happen behind closed doors." So, pull that out on the train. 
Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Uh, here in the United States, 45 states, uh, the District of Columbia and the Virgin Islands have laws that specifically allow women to breastfeed in any public or private location. Mm-hmm. 28 states, uh, as well as the District of Columbia and the Virgin Islands, again, exempt breastfeeding from public indecency laws. Uh, no. And 24 states, including D.C. and Puerto Rico, have laws related to breastfeeding in the workplace. That The fact that we even have to have laws in the workplace to make sure that breastfeeding can occur is, is just kind of odd. Yeah, because well, we're not talking about public urination here or, or, no. or defecation. I mean, this is... This uh, this is a, a this is not a, a waste producing act. This is a um, a, a, a life giving act that's part of uh, the, the, the natural uh, mammal process. So. Yeah, and uh, as we discovered, it's not just mother's milk. Um, oh yeah, it's it's also um, someone else's milk. But I'm not going to spoil that right now. I'm not going to spoil that be. plot. Um, but let's talk about what exactly milk is. Yeah, and this is this also sounds kind of like a, an outrageous question. What is milk? Well, it's, a, it's the stuff that comes out of uh, out of a mammal's breast. It's that stuff that, uh, that you buy at the uh, the grocery market in the big uh, big containers. It's that stuff in that can that I take back to the kitten in the morning and occasionally accidentally drink out of. Um, yeah, it's kind of chalky, you know. But, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, um, yeah. What what is milk when you when you break it down and you actually look at the the formula? Uh, well, it's basically a complex emulsion of antibodies, flat globules, and water, and a fine dispersion of suspension or suspension of casein micellus. And these are proteins that supply amino acids, carbohydrates, calcium, and phosphorus. And the interesting thing about this is that fat, protein, and sugar content differs across mammalian species. Yeah, and it differs quite a lot. Um, for example, the, the fat content of milk may be as high as 60% in mm-hmm. seals uh, and completely negligible in uh, the early lactation stages of something like a wallaby. Um, and, and you get into interesting distinctions there, too, because uh, some uh, some mammal milk is just straight up, you know, the pretty much the same formula nutritious from, from the early stages of lactation through the latter stages of lactation. Other animals, the uh, the chemistry of the milk changes a bit as they go on. Right. Uh, fulfill, uh, fulfilling certain um, biological needs early on, and then becoming more nutritious as uh, as the uh, uh, as the the animal progresses. Yeah, and in humans, breast milk actually isn't even produced right away. Instead, a substance called colostrum, sometimes called liquid gold, oh, yeah. is produced before a woman's milk comes in. And colostrum is um, it's high in carbohydrates, high in protein, high in antibodies, and low in fat. And it's called liquid gold because there's not a whole lot of it that's produced, but the, the stuff that is produced is really dense. Um, it's very thick. And it's great for newborns who find it difficult to digest at that point uh, because it does have that low fat content. And its role is to coat the baby's digestive tract with beneficial bacteria and act actually as a laxative. And and the reason for this is that it helps the baby clear uh, any excess bilirubin from its system, which, if you didn't clear that, would... uh, may actually result in having uh, jaundice or something along those lines. That's like baby poo? Well, the term for baby poo actually is meconium. Okay. Uh, but it's this bilirubin, this excess amount that that uh, the ba- baby's body actually wants to get rid of, and it does that through excreting. Okay. Poop. And this helps facilitate that process. So it's 
it's it's like it's not not just milk as a a product of the mother as much as like it's this targeted um, biological agent that's really doing certain unique things uh, that we're going to continue to discuss here. Uh, certain unique things that will aid that uh, new creature's survival. That's right. It has a lot to do with immunity and just kind of setting up the kid's system uh, for life, really. So, how long have we had uh, mammalian milk? Uh, at least 160 million years. And again, this seems sort of like one of those things you take totally for granted. Like, oh yes, we've have, hasn't this always been going on? Um, but the Bovine Lactation Genome Consortium compared 197 milk and mammary genes from cattle in more than 6,000 mammary-related genes with other genes in the bovine genome. And these genes were then compared with similar ones from a platypus, an opossum, a human, a dog, a mouse, and a rat. And they used this data to figure out that the most common ancestor of the animal, or these animals, would have lived about 160 million years ago. But mammals' origins actually go back uh, to a mammal-like reptile called a synapsids. And that's, uh, that actually occurs in the fossil record about 310 million years ago. So, 160 million at, year, at least. Okay. Yeah. And from there we see, like, again, just a, a number of different varieties of, of milk. The nutritional um, uh, specifics of that milk is going to vary from species to species. Uh, so some of it is just really incredible. Like, um, I was reading about the blue whale. Um, the blue, a, a newborn blue whale feeding just on uh, on milk will gain 200 pounds a day right which is which is incredible i mean that and that just shows you the i mean the importance of the milk it's like it's it's taking this fledgling creature this um, that it, that by all rights and purposes is not long for this world it makes mm-hmm. all the difference by just pumping just vast amounts of of uh, of food and nutrient into the body yeah one of the things that the researchers found that was similar across all species is that the milk proteins related to secreting the milk remain the same so that across species same thing the place where they uh diverged was the nutritional and immunological components of the milk and of course, if you've got a baby whale that's gaining 200 pounds a day, mm-hmm. it's going to be stocked in a different way with nutrients. Um, so let's give some more examples of other species and what they're up to with uh, with milk and breastfeeding. All right. Well, uh, this this is uh, uh, not uh, particularly scientific, but I found it interesting nonetheless. Uh, according to um, a Telegraph article, um, the milk of the giraffe is uh, technically kosher. Um, oh, yeah. They're, uh, they're, uh, the um, Safari Park uh, Zoo in Ramat Gan, uh, it's Israel's uh, largest uh, zoo, uh, they had a, a team that took a routine samples of milk and found that it clotted in the way required by Jewish law for kosher certification. Uh, they submitted more milk for verification. So the rabbis weighed in, and they found that uh, giraffe milk but al- and also giraffe meat uh, was acceptable for observant Jews. So There, there you go. go. Yeah. Giraffe on the menu. Um, okay, well, let's look at our friends chimpanzees and bonobos. They actually wean their young at the age of four or five, mm-hmm. whereas gorillas do about a year earlier. Um, and they, you know, anthropologists aren't quite sure why that's the case, like why there would be a differentiation there. Um, you know, you, I guess you could guess that it had to do with maybe the society or the community that these animals are living in mm-hmm. and um, some of the different things that they're up against. Um 
But one of the things I wanted to point out is that uh, anthropologists have studied the weaning customs of hunter-gatherer societies, societies, human societies, and they found uh, significant variation within them. They, um, they actually talk about the Kung San of the Kahlari Desert, and they stopped breastfeeding at around four or five years of age. Okay. The Hadza of Tanzania wean about six months earlier than the Kung, and the Achi people of Paraguay wean earlier at about three years of age. So again, there's there's this idea that human culture and lifestyles influence that. Now here in the West, um, and this is from the Christian Science Monitor, only an estimated 35% of American moms are exclusively breastfeeding their children at three months, uh, even though the American Academy of Pediatrics suggests about six months uh, to be the cutoff date. And then la- less than half of moms nurse at all at six months. Mm-hmm. So you can see there's obviously a huge decline in the West when it comes to breastfeeding and, um, and weaning. Um, and then, of course, the numbers of breastfeeding moms drop significantly as the child gets older, as the child gets older. And this has been in the media a lot because Time recently ran this cover. I don't know if you remember this, but it was, uh, I think it was maybe a model who was still breastfeeding her child at yes. the age of three. Yeah, it was, yeah, this was the cover that was kind of controversial. And it was one of those situations where, via the Internet, I don't know that I ever saw the original cover. Mm-hmm. I just saw various um, takes on it and uh, uh, where they would, like, replace the, the mom with, uh, I don't know, like uh, the creature from Alien or something. Uh, you know, And I forget, forget what all the other versions were. But, uh, but, but, yeah, it's caused quite a stir. It did, and, well, because it's, it's uncommon, um, again, and... and you know, the West, particularly the United States, for a mother to breastfeed at that age. But also there was, you know, a firestorm of controversy because people thought that the way that it was portrayed, it was sexualizing the act. And again, going back to breastfeeding and laws, at least here in the United States, it makes me think about how we sometimes really try to divorce ourselves from our animal selves yes. and why this topic becomes um, controversial in the first place. Yeah, and you, you do often see it... Uh uh, I'm just thinking of, of various, uh, like you know, sitcoms, uh, movies. Even uh, uh, there's a, there's a character in Game of Thrones where it's uh, this sort of crazy mom character, and she's still bre- breastfeeding the, her sickly child at a very um, uh, in a fairly advanced age, um, and it's you know it's, it's depicted as something unnatural and kind mm-hmm. of monstrous. Uh, but 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 again, that's from the the Western. Uh, uh, viewpoint uh, on the topic, and uh, and certainly like like a lot of things that end up uh, disgusting uh, uh, some people. It's it's the idea that anything that connects us to our animal nature, be it uh, be it something like uh, like breastfeeding or something uh, having to do with our digestive properties, um, it you know it, it 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 reminds us of our bodies in a way that we we don't like to think about. Yeah, and, but of course there are a lot of proponents of breastfeeding that are out there. They're, again, trying mm-hmm. to influence legislation and try to educate people about the benefits of it. The problem is is that um, not only do you have this this idea of the animal self that um, that people sort of need to try to get their heads around, um, but you also have the problem of modern society itself where it doesn't, it's not really set up to support a breastfeeding woman. 
Yeah, and I mean, you, you end up with the situation. Yeah, it's not set up to support uh, breastfeeding women, and then uh, so it, and, if it, and if it is, it's something that's in a closet somewhere, right? Uh, you're uh, referring to uh, a lot of work. Um, yeah, lactation rooms, lactation et rooms. So yeah. it remains this thing that you stick away in a closet, or like, oh, I'll do that at home, and and mm-hmm. so there's no. There, I mean, there's reduced public awareness of it, so it it remains kind of taboo because it's not out in the open. Uh, Right, right. And maternity leave is pretty uh, spotty, too, because, yeah. I mean, it's like, what, six weeks FMLA, Family Medical Leave Act, that um, that you're allowed to take mm-hmm. um, unpaid. But uh, not every business actually um, will pay you or actually say, okay, take that six weeks and then take some more vacation time. Right. Um, so anyway, it's spotty across the board, and it's not really set up to do that. Um, okay, so I think that we have covered um, some of the basics of breast milk, uh, humans, and and other species. Uh, so we should probably take a break. When okay. we get back, we'll talk about whether or not it's possible for men to breastfeed. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Today's episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. 
Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. All right, we're back. Mail lactation. Uh, now, I've certainly heard uh, of cases where individuals who use anabolic steroids um, can uh, can produce milk mm-hmm. through their nipples. And, in fact, that's what I think of every time I see uh, a container of muscle milk in the store. I think of, like, a big, <laughs> big beefy, bald-headed, like, pro wrestler just, like, squeezing off container after container and putting them directly in the fridge at the store. That's frightening. Yeah. What is muscle milk? Um it is a. It is a. a I, I've never had it, but uh, my understanding it's a like a nutritious, like bodybuilding kind of macho uh, beverage. It's like uh, like, hey, bro, we're gonna go out and we're gonna let's lift some weights, and then we're gonna have some muscle milk in the car. I'm gonna dunk our Oreos into our muscle milk. Yeah, that's not very macho, yeah, is it? It's just. I, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, it's not. It's like, oh, it's a milk like product. It's like muscle milk. It's supposed to sound like macho and inviting, but it sounds weird and unnatural. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Yeah. Um, but yes, okay, so you, you know of it in that instance, right, where the body has been tinkered with a bit because of steroids or medication, Yeah. and all of a sudden a, a man starts producing breast milk. Yeah, or just in general sort of trauma to the body, right? You had a, yeah. an anecdote about um, uh, former prisoners of war, right? Yeah, Or the internment yeah. camp. Uh, I don't recall. I just remember that it was World War II. They were starving, and when they finally uh, started to get some nutrition, uh, started to eat, their body was so out of sorts that all of their hormones spiked, including prolactin, uh, which actually caused them to start lactating as well. And this prolactin is really important. In pregnant women, it begins to really sort of... um, get uh, flowing through the body, and this is in advance of this idea that you're going to go ahead and breastfeed. And so your body starts to prepare itself, but this prolactin is produced by the pituitary gland. So the pituitary gland, really important, obviously, in producing this, and the pituitary gland can be influenced also by, say, another medical condition like a tumor Mm -hmm. and uh, inadvertently start producing prolactin. That's another way that a a male could start uh, lactating. But this is really interesting to me is this um, these instances where men start lactating because of a, a dire need. And what I mean to say is that um, they're in a situation where um, the mother of their child may have passed away or be gravely ill. Mm-hmm. And psychologically, what happens is that this kicks up the pituitary gland into producing the prolactin. And so there have been documented cases of this. Uh, there was a... a, a case in 2002 of a 38-year-old man in Sri Lanka who nursed his two daughters through their infancy after his wife died during childbirth. Yeah, and again, it's important to stress here that not every male mammal even has the equipment. They lack both the mammary glands and the pituitary glands to to get things pumping. But but male humans have those, so it's just a matter of kick-starting them. Yeah, we've talked about this before, about how we're pretty much all stocked with the same stuff. Yeah. When, when we're first uh, developing. And then, of course, hormones help to define those boundaries, those biological boundaries. Um, because Jeff- you can, again, look at the, at the male human as just a necessary mutation. As uh, the female is more or less a species and the male is uh, 
uh, a take on that particular model to fulfill a certain evolutionary purpose. Yeah, Jack Newman, he's a Toronto-based doctor and breastfeeding expert, has said that this isn't too crazy, the fact that men would have nipples and they'd have some breast tissue that Mm -hmm. would allow this to happen. He says up until a certain age, boys and girls as fetuses are indistinguishable. So women retain some remnants of the vas deferens, which then then becomes the vaginal canal that sperm follows. Mm -hmm. So again, we're all sort of uh, hard-baked with this stuff here. And if we look elsewhere in the uh, the animal kingdom, uh, we do find at least one example of a mammalian creature uh, that has uh, parental lactation. That's uh, that's males that are not only producing uh, milk, but they're actually breastfeeding uh, as part of uh, their natural behavior. And that is a particular fruit bat called the Dayak fruit bat, which you'll find in Malaysia, Thailand, and the Philippines. And... Uh, and it is the only known occurrence of parental lactation, where the, the males are actually producing milk, perhaps to, uh, the, uh, the theory is that it's uh, to help alleviate the, the lactation pressure placed on the females mm-hmm. in the fruit bat community. Uh, okay, yeah. so uh, in certain dire uh, circumstances as well, in, in a different way, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's... Um, I mean, it would be kind of like, a, you know, on an evolutionary uh, basis if it's like mom and dad, and like moms are super busy, mom has a job on top of looking after the kids, and daddy fruit bat eventually develops the ability to nurse them as well. It's huh. like the, the Mr. Okay. Mom, it's like Buster, not Buster, uh, Michael Keaton was it Mr. Mom, right? Like imagine yes. him as a fruit bat with lactating nipples. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> uh, so are you saying in the future, as women continue to um, dominate the workforce and academia, that men might start uh, breastfeeding? Perhaps. I mean, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's this it's the sort of thing that, that, that happens. We look at the fruit bats as a potential model and you could you could see that happening over a, a long period of time. Because, again, we have the equipment. It's just a matter of kickstarting that equipment. Yeah. And evidence of, of, of it, it happening, yeah, obviously, evidence in of it species. happening when the need arises. So. Yeah. All right. So, okay, that's breastfeeding uh, within your own species. What about this idea that we started not breastfeeding <laughs> from other uh, species? Although some that does happen. Well, Romulus and Remus, right? Yes. You know, the classic image of the uh, of the two children uh, drinking the milk of the uh, was it a cow or was it a sheep? I always focus I on the children and the udder. I, I tend not to notice what the animal is. <laughs> to see what the udder is attached to. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when did we actually start drinking other species' milk is the question. So 7,500 years ago, we have these humans, and uh, obviously up until an age of about four or five, they are drinking milk. They are drinking their mother's milk. Mm-hmm. But then uh, that, the ability to consume milk uh, fades away. They become uh, lactose intolerant, okay? And uh, because they, they don't have... Uh, uh, what is called uh, lactase, which is an enzyme that we eventually developed that allows us to digest the complex milk sugar lactose. Um, without lactase, we are lactose intolerant, mm-hmm. and uh, consuming milk uh, causes uh, diarrhea. Well, and it's inter- interesting to see that this um, this is coinciding with populations turning to agrarian right. societies. Yeah. Um, in other words, they're, they're, they're beginning raising to raise cattle, cattle. Um, the, and, uh, and the cattle are producing milk, and, and we'll find and they'll find themselves in situations uh, probably where the uh, there's there's less water available, there's less food available. So what do you do? You turn to the milk, and when you turn to the milk, some people are going to uh, be able to tolerate it more than others. And the theory is then that uh, when times get particularly dire, 
the people who are able to turn to animal milk for survival mm-hmm. survive. And those who can't end up either having to starve or they're just, or they're dying uh, from, uh, the intense diarrhea that results uh, from lactose intolerance. And, and again, this is in uh, Central Europe. We're not talking about uh, other parts of the world here. Yeah, we are talking about pioneer agrarians who are based uh, initially in Central Europe and then moving to Northern Europe. So hence the pioneer part and hence the fact that they would have crops or cattle that that weren't doing so well. And so they'd have to turn to the milk um, for nutrition. So, I mean, yes. it's pretty crazy because it's... Um I mean, you think of lactose uh, intolerant. Like, growing up, I just knew, like, oh, some people can't uh, drink milk. That's kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, uh, but but when you, you know, you become educated on the, on, on the topic, you realize that it, it, the, the reality is a lot weirder. It's like it, at one point in our past, um, you know, 7,500 uh, years ago, a genetic mutation allows us right. to drink the milk of other creatures. Again, think of milk as this um, in- immune system boosting, nutritious, uh, targeted um, fluid that is secreted by a specific mother uh, for her offspring within that species. And then we pr- we suddenly uh, have a genetic mutation that allows us to drink from it as well. To in a way, um, like it's, it's almost like this parasitic relationship that we uh, <laughs> evolve uh, to have with our cattle. Yeah, and the evidence is there. Um, uh, Using genetic and archaeological data, Mark Thomas and colleagues at University College in London were able to trace down the first evidence of lactase um, being actually used in adulthood to exactly when you see the beginning of the linear band karamic culture. Mm -hmm. Quite the uh, word twister there, tongue twister. And this is an ancient Neolithic culture. So you see that. You've got some evidence there that this is happening then. Um, and yeah, I mean, when it comes the choice between life and death, uh, you, you, you know, these cultures are going to adapt. And as you say, we're, we're going to be able to then, oddly enough, change our, our own biology to be able to handle this. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, when, when I have accidentally tasted some of the kitten milk formula, mm-hmm. and I should point it was in a can and not in a bottle. I wasn't nursing. Uh-huh. Um, uh, off good, of good. But, uh, but you know, if times were were rough, if I was, if it was like, if there was nothing else in the fridge and there was just kitten milk, you know, I, I might throw back a can of it, see what happens. And it's the same situation, right? And then if it caused me to uh, have intense diarrhea, I might die. And if it didn't, uh, then I might survive, and we would have a new uh, breed of, of humans <laughs> that would take over the household who uh, who can uh, handle kitten kitten formula. lactase. Yeah. yeah, very interesting. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, 
features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Today's episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Um, this is a news item for about, from about a year and a half ago, but uh, scientists in China are actually trying to create cows who produce more human-like milk. Uh-huh. Which is interesting. And some people say this is not necessarily a bad thing because, um, you know, in, in parts of the world, it's very difficult to, to get breast milk uh, for human babies. And as you say, this is this mm-hmm. is so important to their lives. And formula in the beginning. Can, can be rather expensive. It, yes, yeah. formula can be really expensive. So this may be something that um, may be readily available. It seems a bit odd, yes, but uh, there's definitely a need for it. Um, I should also point out there are, there are also scientists who think we need to turn uh, to other uh, creatures' milk uh, to depend on rather than cows. An uh, international team of scientists from the Marine uh, Research Institute uh, in the Netherlands, uh, they make the argument that, uh, that whales are the answer, particularly the, uh, the minke uh, whale, uh, which has, a, has a, the, the milk from this particular whale has a higher fat content, but it's, uh, but it's full of omega-3 fatty acids. So um, uh, they've actually uh, conducted experiments with, like, milking pods for the, or milking bays for the whales uh, in, in the fjords of uh, Norway, which is, uh, which is pretty interesting, the idea that mm-hmm. you might be able to go uh, to the store uh, one day and you're not depending as much on cow milk, but maybe whale milk or, or wilk, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I'll, I'll have a little bit of whale milk with my herring. It just yeah. seems to, I don't know. And if you're staying kosher, you just stick with giraffe. Right. Yeah. I see the omega-3 part because that's great for inflammation and, mm-hmm. and for keeping disease at bay. Uh, but, uh, though, the other thing about these, uh, the, about the, the whales, I told you about the 200 pounds a day that yeah. the, uh, the, the baby blues are packing on. Well, um, uh, the, the minkies that they had uh, in these uh, milking bays, they found that, uh, uh, that once they were hooked up, uh, the milking took about 50 minutes and produced uh, uh, 1,600 liters of milk or uh, 2,815 pints compared with a, 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 a typical cow's 40 liters of milk. So, so would they just keep these whales in these bays? Is that the idea? 
Um, I would hope they'd get to sort of free range a little bit. Like yeah. maybe they'd, they'd, they'd get to, to swim around and then they'd come in and, uh, and then they'd milk them there. Because I, yeah, I don't like the idea of uh, keeping a, well, a whale, and, you know, yeah. imprisoned and producing milk. What I was just thinking about cows and the way that those um, are dairy cows and the way that their milk is extracted and all the antibiotics and all the issues surrounding that. Um, so, yeah, you would hope that the whales wouldn't have the same problem. Yeah, I guess you'd have to herd them in or, or hire... Um, you know, some sort of traditional, uh, like, Norwegian uh, mermaid creature to do it for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they are readily available. Yeah. Well, a street. lot of them, as, as we'll discuss in a mermaid episode that we're going to record, uh, a lot of uh, the, the mermaids that you encounter in various folk tales are herdsmen or herdswomen, and they are, um, or herdspeople, and they are tending to, like, aquatic bovine herds, uh, which I guess may be whales. So it, it all comes back around. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of the really cool healing properties of breast milk. Because um, we talked about the benefit to, to the kids, to the babies. But, um, you know, it turns out that, and this is very interesting, that breast milk has a protein in it that could, or rather a substance, that can actually kill some cancer cells. Um, this is from a 2010 study carried out by researchers at Lund University in the University of Gothenburg in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Patients with cancer of the bladder who were treated with a substance excreted dead cancer cells in their urine after each treatment. And the substance has been dubbed Hamlet, <laughs> uh, human alpha lactobumin, uh, made lethal to tumor cells. Interesting. Okay. And uh, laboratory experiments have shown that Hamlet kills 40 different types of cancer, and researchers are now going on to study its effects on skin cancer, tumors in the mucous membranes, and brain tumors. Um, and and this, this is the really great part about this is that these Hamlet, uh, this Hamlet substance kills only cancer cells and does not affect healthy cells. Wow. So, well, that's cool. And that just comes back around to to our defining of milk and, and looking at it is not merely this food product that's like, that, that is coming out of a creature but it is uh it is it is something that is i mean in a sense it's like like all food is more than just the thing that you eat to satisfy what you're doing and to i mean it is the the thing that you build your body out of and that, that heals the body and and uh and, and that's what, what milk is. Yeah, and let's talk about third world countries uh, where where you have different diseases that we don't necessarily have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, in first world countries, among the infectious diseases, diarrheal disease is one of the leading causes of morbidity and mortality, causing an estimated 5 million deaths per year in children under the uh, age of 5 years of age, mm-hmm. 80% of which occurs in the first two years of life. So there was a study called Antimicrobial Activity of Breast Milk against common pediatric pathogens. And what they said is that the spectrum of antimicrobial activity of breast milk was determined using nine common bacterial pathogens of infants and children on in vitro assays. And they said using a commercial milk formula as a control, breast milk was found to exert bacterial uh, bactericidal activity, in other words, killing the, the bacteria in these pathogens, against Vibrio uh, cholera, and bacteriostasis for enteric pathogens like E. coli, Salmonella, and Shigella. Wow! So again, it comes back to boosting up the the newborn and just enhancing its ability to survive, um, or I mean, making its survival possible, but also boosting its immunity against other uh, potentially lethal uh, diseases and uh, ailments. Yeah. So there you go, milk. Uh, well, we should. There's one. There's one last thing uh, that we should mention uh, in talking about the. Um, 
the evolution of uh, of this uh, this mutation that allowed uh, Europeans to actually drink the milk of other animals. There is also the macho milk theory. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah, and this one is this is a this is not a very probable idea, uh, but it's no. it's so amusing that we have to mention it. Uh, so the theory is that uh, you go back to Neolithic times, and uh, you know everybody's hanging out. Uh, the men are h- hanging out, and they're uh, they're engaging in these drinking games mm-hmm. with uh, with what's there around to drink. Right? There's a bunch of cow milk not getting used, so they uh, they line it, line some up, line up a few uh, I don't know bowls or skull caps full of this stuff, right? And they start throwing them back, um, you know, and seeing who can uh, who can drink the most without becoming horribly ill. And if you can if you can take you know several skull caps full of uh, of uh, cow's milk, and you don't get sick, then you're one of the boys, and you can hang. And if not, then uh, you're not very cool, I guess. But that's the theory that that, uh, that this served to uh, to kickstart um, our uh, our lactose tolerance. I'm just trying to imagine it. Like, ah, it puts a hair on your chest. Yeah, it's the only, and it's the original muscle milk in this. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. All right, there you go. Milk. Yeah. So uh, in. Milk, milk is one of those topics. When you get into milk and breastfeeding, there are a number of uh, of topics that uh, that stem off from this, um, and you can really get into into uh, in, into into little more lengthy discussions of uh, of, of culture, and uh, and then there's this whole area of uh, of lactophilia that we uh, we may uh, cover at some future point, but uh, but hopefully this will serve as a nice introduction and a reminder of of just how amazing uh, milk is and, and how it really uh, puts uh, sets mammals apart and uh, you know and why you should think about it when you when you have a glass of of, of real milk or, or or fake milk I mean that's the other thing to think about like when we we have like that glass of soy we're still uh, replicating the experience uh, somewhat of the uh, of the the actual mammalian milk. Yeah, I always think it's funny that we call it soy milk it's like this psychological yeah. you know chasm that we're trying to you know Breach because yeah. we're like okay, I can't. It, it's milk, right? It's white. Yeah. Um, but it's not milk. Yeah. But it's okay because we called it milk. Yeah. So and uh, I'm a proponent of soy milk. So oh, yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong, but uh, I find here. that interesting. Well, uh, tell us what you have to think. If you would like to uh, reach out to us and uh, and chat with us about uh, about milk as it's produced by mammals, as it's uh, purchased at the store, as it may or may not have played into drinking games in the past. Uh, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, for starters, where our uh, handle is Stuff to Blow Your Mind. And on Twitter, uh, you can find us under Blow the Mind. And you can always drop us a line at BlowTheMind at HowStuffWords.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 